Welcome to All Things Candid, hosted by me, Bajani Ghosh. Here I have honest conversations with fellow creatives to get an insight of their eventful journey and shed light on the media scene. Through this podcast, I will try my best to help you navigate a career in the creative industry, which at times can be quite daunting. this week's episode we have Asta Singh a producer who works in house with a production agency called Chalk and Cheese Films based in Mumbai having started her first company Auto Rickshaw's production at the age of 16 to taking a life changing decision and moving to a whole new city at a young age to pursue her dreams in films Asta gives us insights into her journey after working for over 5 years on more than 100 commercials films and music videos she takes us to the entire process of production from selecting the team members to executing and delivering the final project in the special all things candid hack 101 segment asta shares one crucial tip that would help to manage finances efficiently on a small budget film enjoy today's episode hey i know you're back in calcutta so how's it like being back home it's been interesting to say the least um like if you ever had hobbies right and since you've started working you realize that like you say things like i don't have time to read anymore or you know i don't have time to like do the things that i love anymore and a lot of it doesn't really have to do with um having time as in not time that you're spending working but actually like all the time that you have free in your life if you're like a working individual or a working professional who is living outside of home kind of goes in just like putting your life together you know i mean right. it's it's yeah. a lot about like uh, what food you're eating even things like a social life like how many friends are you meeting are you meeting enough people and uh, what i've really been doing for the last month since all of that has been like completely freed up now is actually going back to the things that i like i've read like five books in a month and i think i've read like five books in the last five years i totally get you because even i've been utilizing this time in doing things which i've been meaning to do for a really long time so yeah it's been pretty great till now but Yeah, let's get started with my very first question of what did you study and how did that lead you to becoming a producer today? I know for a fact that your journey has been a little different from most of us. So if you could talk a little about that as well. Okay, so just as a disclaimer, I often find that whenever I'm talking about like, you know, my specific educational background, I kind of uh, come off seeming like somebody who really has a disdain for the institution of education. but uh, that's not true uh, again just as a disclaimer because i really do think like an education is extremely important now whether the education is formal or not is not relevant because in my case it wasn't formal at all so i studied something like a course called mass communication and video production and i did it like uh, right here at home in calcutta and i did it for about one and a half years right and it's a three year course in one and a half years in the course that i was doing while i was doing that course not in the course i also got to do by strange luck and a lot of things falling into place two feature films one as an assistant director like a third ad and the next one that i did i worked in production things like compulsory attendance and all obviously like took like a huge back seat and for even the one and a half years that i was actually doing my course i was barely doing my course really like the bulk of my time was involved in actually working at that time and what ended up ha- happening after one and a half years is that automatically like um there like my instincts were all guiding me towards a place where i was like 
really what I'm learning or really like whatever education I'm getting had nothing to do with any of the classrooms I was sitting in, you know, I mean, just being on set or like, you know, just meeting the people I got to meet and talking to the people I was talking to were giving me such like, I mean, it was opening up my worldview, you know, I mean, in class, you learn about like, this is how you switch a camera on. And this is the button you use to switch the camera off. And I mean, on set, like when I was there, like I was privy to like discussions that say like a DOP, which is a cinematographer, was having about uh, what kind of lens is required to frame a certain shot. You know, so it was just, I mean, it was years in advancement in terms of like what I wanted to do. Yeah, it was like you were gaining more practical experience. Absolutely. And then I mean, eventually what ended up happening with me was that it kind of became a personal choice between deciding that, okay, there is a way to go where, you know, I finish this course and, uh, you know, then I get to really start my life uh, like as a professional. But from what I was being able to understand about myself, I really thought that uh, what made much more sense for me was to kind of like take that deep dive. Realize that, I mean, okay, like I don't have a lot of safety if like, uh, I mean, I, I will not have a degree to produce for anyone at any point of time. But it seemed like I was good at what I was doing. And that world was just so much more exciting, right? Like I owe a lot of pretty much everything in life to that decision, honestly. You know, the decision to drop out of college for me was the biggest turning point in my life. After that, how did you realize that you knew you wanted to pursue films, move to Bombay and eventually become a producer? Um, so, I mean, pretty much like everybody who works in film uh, today, if you ask them what they first wanted to do when they decided uh, that they wanted to do films, like 90% of us will say that we want to direct. So like everyone else, I also wanted to direct when I was 16. And like I directed a bunch of short films, which are still some of the projects that are like super close to my heart and like, you know, like super mine in a sense. I mean, they're very personal to me. But what eventually ends up happening is that if you start looking at the process in a more objective way, when you're armed with more information, what ends up happening is that you realize that the process of filmmaking in itself is creative, right? And then creativity can be achieved in other roles as well. Something like producing, for example, like after after having done this for some time, after having uh, worked as an AD, made my own short films for about four years. Um, so from when I was 16 to 20, basically, like I took like a little bit of a pause, like, you know, like a week before I was moving to Bombay pretty much. And I was like, if I have to really look at whatever experience I have acquired, what I think at that time, my skill set really was its best at um, and the kind of work I'm interested in doing isn't producing seeming like the more natural option and what ended up happening is that like literally on like day one on my first job interview in Bombay I was asked the question I, uh, I was like you know do you, do you want to work in uh, direction or do you want to be a producer and even though I mean I consciously had not like spelt it out even to myself yeah my instinctive answer was that, yeah, I want to produce. And then like 15 minutes later, I was like, shucks, no, but like just some time ago, you wanted to direct Asa, are you sure? But what I realized is that, I mean, it was always just that. I mean, what directing um, even a little bit or assisting directors even a little bit kind of made me do was understand that the process is always going to be direction led, you know, and understand like that I will never ever be like a glorified accountant, that I will never be somebody who is just putting things together. So I, I mean, so that, that experience is invaluable for sure. But what it kind of also did was make me realize that if I'm really to contribute to a project to my best ability, and I mean, in film, we always say that like the project is king. It's above everything. It's above all our talents. It's above all our individual creative egos, everything. But if I'm really to, you know, keep the project as 
the thing that is most above everything else how i can contribute to any project the best you know how i can really make a difference yeah. would be to be a producer again fully instinctual decision i basically do not take a lot of time to uh, think about a lot of things but i mean event like it's so far touchwood it's done me okay so i'm glad that things eventually worked in your favor yeah but i'm really curious to know what exactly does a producer do because you know while i was researching i came across there's a gaming producer there's a podcast producer and yeah so what are the different kind of roles do you perform i mean like you said like there is a games producer and there is a podcast producer um and there is a producer for pretty much everything in life because i think pretty much everything in life needs producing firstly in a very like holistic wholesome sort of way to just kind of like you know talk about what the job description is is to take like like a script idea you know and this applies whether it's a feature film whether it's a short film whether it's a music video or whether it's commercials you know um to take an idea that that is a vision and uh, how much you contribute to that vision and how actively you want to be involved in it is of course like a very like an individual uh, decision but you take that vision and you look at it and you really think about uh, committing to execute it to its best possible degree and that involves a lot of things right so i mean the first thing of course it involves that like everything that i will ever do will be bound by budget so the first uh, instance of course is to think about the amount of money that i have which will always be limited yeah. i mean a road is limited for something and five flights is limited for something and like 50000 is limited for something but there is always that limit you know so to think about the money that i have and then think about how best to use that money to be able to create something that is as close and i mean ideally exactly as the vision that has been created and as the vision that has been thought of so this of course uh, th- that's the most important thing then secondly we think about what kind of people we need to be able to arrive at said vision and uh, the kind of team that we'll need to because filmmaking is a very physical process it is a very team driven process you know there are at any given point of time if you're a musician or an artist you're more often than not singularly working or yes, it's your yeah. it's just your band but on a film set there are 300 people right so i mean obviously i can't be selecting each three like one of them but selecting those people who are going to be helping us get there is extremely important so it's that of course in advertising what ends up happening a lot is that we're dealing with uh, different degrees of hierarchy in terms of the script so there's a client which is hiring the advertising agency which is writing the script for the film the advertising agency is okay, more yeah. often than not the real people who are choosing a production house and when they're choosing a production house they're choosing a director right so what ends up also happening as a producer's job this is specifically for advertising is that you kind of end up becoming the conduit between the rest of the team and the agency so you're also the person who is taking the vision of whoever it is in the advertising agency that you're speaking with because at the end of the day i mean they are the ones who written the script right they have an understanding about the brand they have an understanding about what they want to do with the film so you're also kind of taking that and making sure that whatever you end up doing still keeps that in mind you know i mean advertising in itself is not a free um process like some other forms of filmmaking can be because there are always things that you have to uh, think about and look at but it is often very um I mean, it can be difficult for a director to keep these things in mind all the time, which is also where a producer comes in to make sure that I mean, okay, cool. If there is a frame and you're shooting a film for Nescafe and their brand color is red, if your lead actress is wearing a green shirt, it's a problem, you know. So just I mean, to know these things about the brand intrinsically 
and to not have to also you know be told again and again in every single project that oh this needs to be taken care of so to kind of understand also a little bit about marketing as a concept and just kind of like keep those things in mind every single time you start work on a project that is also another aspect of producing that is more native and more um, you know closely linked to advertising than anything else but there's that and then you see the film through right so i see the film through so which means that uh once we're done shooting we go into post production supervising that entire process crewing up selecting team for that making sure that resources and budget is managed over there as well and then of course uh delivering and finishing up a film and giving it to a basically it's doing everything for a film from point a to point c yeah exactly and like i mean a lot of it is just being around you yeah. keep telling everyone that like really often a lot of producing is just sitting in a room you know and like but that's the thing right it can get very numbing and deadening sometimes but i feel like that's like a challenge of producing which like i mean you kind of have to get used to and not just get used to like you have to kind of like harness that and make that a skill set being around and being alert regardless of how long you've been doing it for you know i've sat with 30 second films for 8 months 9 months and i'm just yeah. like you know i really just get it out right like i'm 25 years old i want to go get a drink with my friends but i mean you are like cool like i mean nobody told you that this is going to be as free thinking and as creative as you might have thought it would be and it's fine every single job if you're being paid to do something usually comes with its own set of challenges and often for me the challenges have been kind of sometimes going against the grain of uh, you know things i consider about myself um but like i said we're all doing jobs we should also like realize that if we love our jobs and like if we're really happy doing what we're doing 90% of the time there is going to be that 10% of things that you put in or like work that you put in which you're not like super happy about or super kicked about but you do anyway because you respect the 90% of joy yeah. that you get you know from the process so yeah i mean i'm sure you have things like that too right i'm sure i'm sure there are parts of styling which you just do not like i mean there has to definitely be. i dread doing the accounts and compiling the expense sheet at the end of every shoot it's like making sure you have all your bills and you know the total amount adds up to the amount that's been the money that's been given to you for the shoot okay. and sourcing and you have an account of exactly. each and every detail of where you have spent that whole thing involves a lot of calculations which at times can get quite overwhelming and yeah the other thing i would say would definitely be couriers and dealing with customs is quite hectic and time consuming i mean i had to be on calls with dhl all the time but yeah over the years i have learned how to tackle it and deal with such issues but definitely there are times where everything is not under your control and you cannot avoid certain situations No, no, that's true. That's so true. yeah. I've I've been there and I've thought like so. I mean, we were um we were doing this shoot for uh, Zomato, I think. We logged this guy and he's from Bangalore. And the casting team has spoken to him and he's been approved by the client and he's supposed to like you know come in the next day for costume trials, etc., etc. Except this guy calls after he's been confirmed and like you know I call him to give him the confirmation call actually and he's like oh okay cool but I mean I have a play in like two hours and I'm like what do you mean your flight is like. in 4 hours i thought like the casting team had told you about this already and he's like oh no 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 there's no way i can take that flight and the shoot is like next morning so again it was one of those like crazy timelines where yeah. the pm which is looking at which everything is decided about the film with the client was yeah. the day before the shoot and they had just got over and the flight had just gotten booked and this guy had just been called and he's like no i'm sorry i can't make it and i mean i'm obviously freaking out <laughs> and i'm like 
I don't even know whether like everybody else was of course involved with their own big stress bomb at that point of time and I'm like I don't know who to go to right now and tell them that the lead actor can't make it to tomorrow's like early morning shoot so I'm just like sitting there and I'm like uh, freaking out and I'm like you know what call me after your play we'll figure something out and he's like I really don't know how you're going to figure this out but I was like you know what we'll we'll try we'll try something but uh, yeah and I'm, I'm i'm freaking out and i'm like at some point i should tell someone right because i mean if we're not shooting yeah. tomorrow morning so early like somebody else should know but i'm just like no everything is fine everything is great and i have no plan and i have no idea why i'm doing this or how i'm going to be able to do it but then this guy calls me after this play and i'm like hey hope you had a good play and he just starts laughing and he's like listen what do you want me to do and then what i did was that i sat for 2 hours and I looked at every possible connecting flight which could bring him to Bombay and then I realized what he can do is take a really stressful 3 hour long flight to Chennai which will then come to Pune and then I can send him a car to Pune which will take him 3 hours to then reset but I was like you have to leave in 15 minutes do you think this is a workable solution he's like yeah Okay, this is a workable solution. So I mean, of course, I was up all night, like getting updates from him. Yeah. Like, where you are? You at the Chennai airport? Yeah. Where are you right now? Are you? I have reached Pune yet? Has the car come yet? Okay. Yeah. And like till like the minute he arrived in Chennai, he got to the vanity, and like I mean, like we never met each other before, but I just like saw him, and I was like, give me a hug, and we were like, yeah, <laughs> we pulled this off, and then. I looked around and I realized nobody else had any idea. Yeah. That all of this happened. right and they were just going on shoot normally and i was just like oh my god why did i do this like shoot was like obviously a little delayed but then i mean i made up some excuse and uh, i mean i acted like it it had nothing to do with <laughs> this situation word, yeah <laughs> exactly i mean this kind of problem solving like there is some unique situation like this yeah. in almost every single project that we do right for like a film be it an ad film or a feature film there are too many people that are involved you are dependent yeah, on exactly. so many things and so many humans at the same time that there are certain exactly. errors exactly. that you just cannot eliminate or like things are not under your control exactly. but i feel that you know as a producer you have the choice to make a team that can help you make the process more smoother and yeah so i know you are responsible for as a producer you are responsible for putting together the execution team so how do you go about selecting the team members oh that's simple i whenever i'm selecting the team for my project the only real thing i'm thinking about is every single person that i'm selecting how much of their own consciousness of their own experience of their own creative opinion can they bring to a table versus just being able to follow instructions that's i mean actually like just one single golden rule that i have and that's helped me like very steadfastly over the years it's just the idea is that uh, hiring a team also means managing a team you know but every single time given like the decision between like efficient management or an efficient team versus people who are really bringing something of their own to a project i will choose the person who brings more to the project it's my job as a producer to handle a slightly difficult personality you know it's my job as a producer to make sure that everything runs efficiently if there are communication gaps etc whatever but the job of a head of a department or not even a head of a department the job of yeah. everybody in a department is not to be easy for me or not to be producer friendly you know people use that word 
they're a very producer friendly uh, stylist they're a very producer friendly pop but my point is that i'm not looking for people to be producer friendly i'm looking for yeah. people to really look at something and be like this is what i can do for it and this is what i can add to it and that makes a viable march like huge difference you know and as long as i can see that uh, that's really all that matters i like people who have opinions i like people who come into something change things you know take something that might be good at the outset but really take what they do as human beings and change that to something that is better absolutely like whatever you said makes so much sense but yeah as we know that clients almost always have unrealistic timelines so if you could tell us a few things one should keep in mind when planning a project and make it as efficient as possible without having to kill their team members at the same time you know it's an it's an extremely important question actually because this whole like this 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 thing about killing your team especially like you said in the kind of like unrealistic like timelines and budgets that like advertising is now faced with might seem like an inevitability but i feel like i mean as producers we must do everything we possibly can to like make sure that everybody is feeling sane and feeling all right right so within the capsule of an of 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 a really like ridiculous timeline i feel like it is also important to kind of set boundaries with our clients about the fact that i mean we're human beings honestly if i was a program that you could keep running all night uh, while you slept that'd be great and <laughs> that'd be super uh, efficient but the fact of the matter is that you work in a medium where you need people and uh, if we can't draw that boundary and if we submit 100% to the kind of like i mean deadening demands that a client makes like inherently you just you create a culture which doesn't just affect your life because then what it ends up happening is that it pollutes down to every single team member's life you know there is no way to you know completely get out of that we've all been on sets which have gone on for like i mean like at your 20th hour you're like this is insane and this should be illegal so it's also very important to make sure that while you are trying your best to be able to you know furnish the client with as much as it is possible for you to do you are also responsible for a large team of people and to protect them is as much of a responsibility as you have to the client so it's a two way process right that being a conduit means being a conduit is not taking the stress of the client and just putting it directly onto the heads of my team members it's also taking off some of their anxieties it's also taking off some of their stress some of their workload and uh, that actually kind of very like importantly becomes one of your job goals as a producer how to do it is a very unique process in each project because what the client of us is asking of you is a very unique and different thing in each project if you can make enough of a strong case about the fact that films in themselves require people to be functioning at, at their optimal limit right and if it's any lesser than that then the film starts to suffer this is being made yeah. by people it's not just a camera so if you are not letting your crew members sleep because you say that you want to film overnight the film that you get in the morning is not going to be the film that you want and usually yeah. if nothing else at all this makes a difference in like the minds of clients because i mean they're also human beings they're also working under whatever their uh, brand demands right like they're like i have a sale in like 3 days and i understand that i mean it's not like uh, but the fact of the matter is that you tell them that if your sale is not going to get promoted efficiently what is the point of putting a film out there at all you're spending all this money you're making all this happen then at the very least give us the time that we need to be able to do this 
and when we do it to be able to be functioning human beings who are doing it properly and not like you know like like machines so yeah though to be very fair i've seen a massive improvement in how clients respond to very reasonable demands from a production house even in the last like 4 years 4 4 and a half years huge difference like they're much more accommodating now oh that's quite great actually anyway for the last question for the segment i want to talk about and you know wanted your opinions on producers that work as freelancers and versus the ones that work in an agency just like you what are your thoughts from my experience i can only speak of uh, being a freelancer from a more objective uh, distant uh, way because i've never actually been a freelancer professionally and i've always had this job but of course uh, what it kind of helps i mean the first thing honestly is that uh, any place you work at creates a work culture right and i'm not and there are a lot of work cultures which can become very toxic but then there are very nurturing work cultures also and i think as freelancers uh, what you maybe do not have access to are nurturing work cultures because what they end up doing is that they start investing in you more as an individual um because you're doing everything together so you know like so when they invest in you as an individual it also leads to your personal growth you know which i which i think as much as executive producers would like to be nurturing with a freelancer that you are hiring as a producer it's a little difficult in that short time for it to be a two way process so it becomes a more slightly more professional uh slightly more transactional sort of relationship that's one thing for sure being in house has definitely led to the fact that i feel that my personal growth has been invested in by the people that i work for secondly okay one definite pro that freelancer has of course is that you get to choose your own projects and you get to work on films at your own choosing which means that you are not 24/7 pretty much on call like for example um right now a script could come into one of my executive producers not right now it could come in honestly at midnight and like they'll call me and they'll be like okay so they need this film in a week <laughs> and uh, you know we need to get the ball rolling but i am paid a salary every single month regardless of whether we do any work or not which kind of honestly means that if i have been sitting in calcutta for the last like 25 days and like have not like lifted my finger to work if they call me at midnight today and they're like they need a film in a week i'm like yeah okay cool i'm on it because one another huge thing that having a salary we'll all have to be honest like having a base salary every single month in bombay does that it gives you financial security and i do feel like some degree of financial security is almost required to make you into a fully grown individual who can then go on to start thinking about things which are not strictly financially uh, relevant in your life you know like you can then start to go on and really think about like what are your big ideas and what do you want to do in life after that you know or to be able to deep dive so yeah that's another huge uh, like pro freelancers of course um one thing that i must say is that they get to work with a lot more people like any freelance producer like a peer of mine who is a freelance producer in a month is working with like close to a thousand people right like i mean if they're doing three films a month they're working with close to like a thousand new people my team is obviously slightly more contained and yeah. like so then my ideas are also that cool yeah it's more of like a personal choice kind of question it's like either they're looking for stability in life yeah, or probably exactly. picking their own films and maintaining a work life balance so yeah and this brings us to the end of this segment and i'm looking forward to the next one 
So now it is time for the All Things Candid Hack 101 segment where I ask my guests to enlighten us with a particular industry hack, tips or tricks that they have learned over the years. Tell me, according to you, what are the different ways one could manage finances efficiently for a small budget project? 100% um, boils down to team selection to be able to manage if things efficiently on a low budget project. What I automatically can do is really not look at my options as who is the cheaper person or who is the cheaper stylist, but look at who is younger, you know, and would be okay with working at this cost and would be happy to work at their cost. And they might not have had a lot of experience doing this. And this might be the first project that yeah. I'm hiring them for. And it might be a huge risk because they don't understand anything about advertising. But somebody whose work that I genuinely like, I mean, I could have seen their editorial work on Instagram. Or honestly, they could be my friends exact or from school uh, who just like have a really great sense of style. And I have like a super low budget project. And instead of hiring the cheaper person so to speak which is the person who just charges the lower rate instead of that hiring somebody I think would be great because I really trust their aesthetic or I really like you know trust what I think they could potentially add to a project but who would be genuinely happy to do it for lesser um, and this applies to like every every single department you know I think that would be the best way to make use of lesser funds so to Get people in who you're not, you know, negotiating like super hard with and saying, no, 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 please, please, you must do this project for lesser, you must do it for lesser. But instead of that, like really genuinely looking at people who I think would um, want to do it for the cost that I'm offering, but would really add like a completely different perspective. And that's how you, I think you take a low budget project and the film that gets made from it would be genuinely like a unique film yeah. because there could be like, you know, 10 crew members who have never worked on a film before because you chose to hire them off just like their Instagram. And like, I mean, it's, it's a gamble that's going to work out sometimes and it's not going to work out sometimes. But I feel like it really kind of gives, you know, way to like a unique process in filmmaking. Okay, yeah, that was quite helpful. And yeah, I'm happy that you could join me today for this interview. Cool, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and you know I really hope I could clarify some of your confusions related to producing but yeah definitely go check out the work that Chalk and Cheese Film does. Their Instagram handle would be at the raid Chalk and Cheese Films and Asta's Instagram handle would be at the raid double A-S-T-H-A-F-A-R-I-A-N. And yeah, don't forget to follow me and have a great week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in the All Things Candid podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview. If you did, then please leave a nice rating and review. Subscribe if you haven't already. You can find me on Instagram at Pajarini Ghosh. Hope you guys have the best day ever. Bye.